Uh, okay, uh, how do I start this? Let's, let's... Did y'all, you folks hear about this? Yeah, you see the news? <laughs> yeah, every, t- <laughs> every time I've started a cold open like that, I've been like, did you guys hear about... No, I'm not doing it this time. Switching no. it up. So, uh, Jeff Dunham's, uh... Here. One of Jeff Dunham's more maligned puppets was in the news recently, losing a lawsuit. <laughs> 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 uh yes that's that's true um his his famous racist puppet ben shapiro um <laughs> uh do you guys remember in 2018 when uh ben shapiro went to the university of michigan and got protested and he said it was a violation of his freedom of speech yeah that was cool yeah, i remember that whole series of people going and getting protested and then whining about it yeah it, it's basically Every time Ben Shapiro spoke at a college, um, people would come and protest, and then he would whine about it. Yeah, yeah what's essentially. There are hundreds of police officers that were necessary to protect you guys and to protect me so that I can say conservative <laughs> things. Is that? I like the, did he actually say so I can say conservative things? Exactly. Yes. It's like, what are conservative <laughs> things? Is he just saying the N-word? Like, he just spells it on stage? Like, he'd be more popular if he did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, his, his his whole thing, saying conservative things, is just, like, owning, uh, yeah, owning college libs or, or whatever. It's like him, Steven Crowder, Milo, whatever other, like, fuckers, oh God, Jordan Peterson. It was lit- I, a whole, a few years ago, it's like, every year is, like, ten years at this point. But, like, a few years <laughs> ago, it was a big thing for all those shitheads to go and, like, speak at a college, and then it's like... They're a piece of shit, so then people go and protest, and then they kind of equate people protesting them giving a speech with, like, a violation of their First Amendment right, which, (laughs) not the same thing, because, you know, First Amendment's like, uh, the government can't stop you, which the government wasn't stopping them, the government doesn't care. No, in fact, they they were enforcing it. They'd sent cops to protect them. And not that the government doesn't violate people's First Amendment rights all the time, but, uh, that's... Yeah, you could say sending a hundred police officers to defend Ben Shapiro while he spells the N-word might violate their civil rights, actually. (laughs) Or, you know, like, whatever. CMU units in prison, I guess CMU unit is, uh, redundant. CMUs in prison, like, all that shit. The government will uh, violate your First Amendment rights whenever they want to, but uh, a group of uh, ten people kind of uh, yelling at you outside of a venue is not a violation of anyone's rights. Yeah, well, okay, that could be argued, because um, (laughs) (laughs) after uh, Shapiro gave his speech and, like, a dozen people came and said, we don't like you, um, the the uh, on-campus sort of whatever, you know, the young Republicans, students for a conservative voice, then <laughs> sued, yeah, sued the university, uh, claiming that they had stuffed the event into a too small, too distant venue in an attempt to prohibit, chill, oppose, <laughs> and shut down speech with which they or other students and faculty disagree. Now, Don't this, chill my course, speech. <laughs> this of course got shot down in court because it's fucking stupid <laughs> it doesn't make any sense um it, the whole thing was basically the university there was there was two venues that they could have chosen one holds about a thousand people one holds about 500 people the one that holds about 500 people is around 10 15 minute drive from campus it's called the north star ballroom uh the university chose the one with a smaller venue because it would be easier to uh handle protests in the event that people came to protest now it went off you know nothing nothing happened it was completely fine people came and protested that was it you know they exercised their first amendment rights you might say um but Students for Conservative Voice, very upset about this. Ben Shapiro has is like a bad entertainer, because if you think about it, you want to sell out the smaller venue as opposed to, you know, not have all the seats filled in the larger venue. It's actually a good-ass point. And then you, ha- yeah, and just- then you have people being like, yo, I didn't get in to see Ben Shapiro at college. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
And you you know it's like the Velvet Underground, right? Everyone, less people in the North Stall barroom, but all those people went on to fund <laughs> you know, to create Coke-funded uh, students for conservative pussies or whatever. <laughs> yeah, everybody so, that saw Ben Shapiro went on to found a stu- uh, young Republicans group at their college. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know, Ben Shapiro's whole grift is a lot of fun to me because his premise is he has figured out that your average person is completely ideologically inconsistent. He can very easily pick apart the average person's beliefs or complaints against him with that. Yeah. And I guess that is kind of the thesis of this podcast as well, that, you know, no one really believes in anything. And uh... and he also, when he debates anyone, he just talks really fast and says incorrect things, incorrect statistics or whatever, but he says them so fast and he bundles them all together that people don't have time to go back at what he says. Oh yeah, I would like to personally debate Ben Shapiro because I would also just start lying about statistics to him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, that goes both ways. No one can prove anything on the spot. No one can pull up counter statistics immediately if you're just yelling numbers. Make the son of a bitch deny it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, so, um, I really like this quote about it. Um, <laughs> so after the, uh, the Shapiro thing sold out, the, uh, the Young America Foundation began a press push accusing the university of viewpoint discrimination and treating conservative students as, quote, second-class citizens. (laughs) (laughs) That's so awesome. A caste system where, like, people who are from Texas are just culturally lesser. (laughs) Well, we do kind of have a caste system in that if you live in a uh, state with a smaller population, you have more vote power. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no one actually has any vote power but, like, a thousand people in Florida, Ohio, yeah. and Pennsylvania. Well, abs- absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, in this whole thing, Ben's main gripe is the fact that people are allowed to disagree with him and be vocal about it. The violation of his free speech is other people expressing their freedom of speech. Uh, he lives up to my general theory that uh, everyone believes in free speech unless they're the one that gets to uh, censor the speech. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm. I'm right there with you. So as soon as as a... soon as I got the button, it's like everyone shut the fuck up. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I I found a passage from a City Pages article from when the story originally broke, and it was like, uh, w- when they were announcing that they were going to sue them before it got shot shot down because it was so stupid. Um. Some might regard the litigation as snowflakian and believe that Shapiro <laughs> and believe that Shapiro is a cuck seeking a participation trophy via judicial activism. <laughs> but that assertion is countered by his partners in the suit, which have the words freedom and America in their names, thus assuring their patriotic bona fides. <laughs> Who wrote this article? Uh, I don't even know. Oh, I should, we should I have probably should have wrote pod. that down. That's probably fun. <laughs> yeah. they're fun at parties i would hang out with them hannah jones hey speaking of cuck do you guys should we uh divert for a second into uh that tweet attacking our freedom of speech yes yes i was gonna bring that up yeah right right if if we were popular we would have even been named in the tweet (laughs) (laughs) no no one no one gets to uh take cuck from us no, exactly. Like, as soon as we release an episode named Designated Cuck, it's like, all right, y'all, we're about to do some growth. Cuckolding is valid. <laughs> yeah. Fuck! Yeah. So, if you don't know what we're talking about, um, very recently, I don't have the date because who cares, but this person on Twitter, at Jazz Cohen, tweeted, content warning, racist slur. I know it isn't new or anything, but is anyone else getting concerned about how much uh, certain white leftists are increasingly using the word cucked to describe liberals slash the idpole left? And then they go on to uh, tweet pictures of Sean McCarthy and uh, Matt Chrisman and David Killian saying cuck and Democrat in the same sentence. (laughs) I'm guessing that their point here is that cuck is a racist slur because the only representation of cucks in porn is the black guy is fucking a a white woman. But that's about internalized racism. Cuck people only like that because they're racist and they're like, oh, I've been so fucking... uh." Yeah, this is... It's fucking... It's the monarch in Rusty Venture when he's trying to turn Rusty into a fucking caterpillar. 
<laughs> oh, nice. I he's talking through the headset. Yes, yes, bite his lip. <laughs> like, it's just going down the way he wants it to. It's amazing. Do you have a condom? <laughs> Rusty Venture doesn't need gadgets. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, lady, lady. First off, Jazz Cohen sounds like a uh, racist way to make fun of Leonard Cohen. Facts! Jeez. Second off, we're not white, we're Irish. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Hello everybody, welcome back. Uh, This episode of Boomer Death Squad is dedicated to the brave Mujahideen fighters of Afghanistan. Inshallah, brother. (laughs) Uh, Hi, I'm Danny. Hello, I'm Joe. And I'm sick of your fucking shit. Oh, oh, he said it, standing (laughs) up. Whoa. Okay, bro, okay, bro. Today I make my stand. And on the topic of Pentagon-funded projects... Uh, this week we have an article titled, Twitch tells U.S. Army to stop sharing fake prize giveaways that sent users to recruitment pages. (laughs) Uh, this is by James Vincent in The Verge. Uh, (laughs) now I'm sure you guys remember the whole Twitch, uh, military thing. Oh, absolutely. May I just point out, shout out to James Vincent for having a good Irish name. (laughs) (laughs) Two first names in a row, nothing to mispronounce. Facts. Uh, we should just call him James Vincent to keep up with it, though. <laughs> Amici Vincenzo. <laughs> He's Italian now. Exactly. Um, Twitch has intervened to stop the U.S. Army using fake prize giveaways on its esports channel to redirect viewers to Army recruitment pages. <laughs> <laughs> so, the whole, so, okay, okay, okay. I'm sure you've all heard of the military and Twitch and how they were using it to recruit, you know, 11-year-olds, whatever. One of the top recruitment tactics that was used <laughs> was they would advertise a, um, like, a raffle sort of giveaway for a, a modded Xbox controller that <laughs> was worth around $200, and um, <laughs> you would click on it, and it would immediately just take you to a recruitment application, <laughs> and... <laughs> And any pretenses of the raffle were completely gone. It was just... Oh, my God. <laughs> that is so fucking funny. It's just completely fake. Just the <laughs> fact that it's one of those stupid fucking modded controllers, too. It's I like, know. If you're good at these games, you don't use the modded controller. So they're just recruiting bottom of the barrel, even as far as gamers <laughs> are concerned. Yeah. Like, and plus, weren't modded controllers a thing in, like, 2012? Like, yeah, yes. and they've never worked correctly. They always fucking suck. <laughs> and it's like... They don't even need to offer, like, a Camaro and healthcare anymore. It's just uh, enter a raffle to win a $200 modded Xbox controller. It's camo print. <laughs> like, that's fucking bleak. It, it was fucking... That's where Verhoeven went wrong, in that he thought that it would be all about, like, citizenship and pride in your country when you volunteered <laughs> for the military in the future. But it's not. It's, just it's about <laughs> gaming. Yeah, it's about <laughs> gaming-adjacent accessories. <laughs> I hope Designed so to make awesome. really shitty people think they have a hope against, like, a 12-year-old from Taiwan who's been bred to do this. Yeah. I hope Billy's van giveaway isn't actually a military recruitment and he signed up like 850 <laughs> yeah, times. Is. His fucking van giveaway just keeps walking into my room having more and more people sign up to win this van. Uh, all None of these giveaways are real. It's always like, yeah, there were a billion entries and my cousin won. Who would have thought? Oh, you joined, <laughs> you joined the Navy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> you inadvertently joined the Navy. You're spending 20 years on an aircraft carrier. Oh, speaking of which, join the Navy, the fucking Simpsons. That's what this literally is, right? Even yeah, Nia. <laughs> Otto, what are you doing? I don't know. Suddenly I just want to join the Navy. You're being brainwashed. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um... 
So the U.S. Army, Navy, and Air Force all field esports teams comprised of active and reserve personnel who stream on Twitch and chat with young viewers about life, video games, and the opportunities afforded by military service. If you've ever seen any videos of this happening, it's really, you know, it's just like some 20-something-year-old probably has never seen any actual combat playing playing some Call of Duty game and talking to literal children on Twitch. You have to be 13 to be on Twitch, but like... Obviously, there's nothing stopping eight-year-olds. Everyone's faked an age before, yeah. Yeah, everyone's faked an age before. What they're really, who they're really talking to is a bunch of, you know, ten-year-olds about joining the military. I still fake my age online just because it's like <laughs> it's been programmed in me because I've been on the internet since I was nine. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I still like 1990, and if that was actually my birthday, I'd be 28 years old and I don't know a co-host of Chapo Trap House. <laughs> I usually went with like 1920 something. Yeah. You just go for it. You just scroll. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, esports is just an avenue to start a conversation, says Major General Frank Muth. He is head of the Army's recruiting command, and he had an interview with this thing called Think Tech Hawaii. <laughs> Imagine. That, that, that's very, very hard. Imagine, if you will. A robotic Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> it's the SpongeBob episode. Everything's chrome, but they're just paving over like the beautiful flora and for flora of Hawaii, <laughs> just destroying just hundreds and thousands of species, replacing it with just camo paint. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, so he digital says, camouflage. The camouflage that doesn't hide you in any environment whatsoever that I always cool. used in COD. Yeah, very gamer esque. Exactly. So he says in this interview, we go out there and we have a shared passion for esports. And in, <laughs> and it naturally devolves into a conversation. What do you do? I'm in the army. This guy, this guy, Major General Frank Muth, is like, I, I mean, he's he fought in fucking Korea. <laughs> he has a shared passion for esports with these children. Okay, man, you're definitely not a groomer. That fucking cake song, I bombed Korea every night. That's <laughs> yeah. him. Uh, what do, do you, you do? I'm in the army. <laughs> yeah. Do you so think, uh, I... like, smart parents have to talk to their kids like they do about kidnappers? Like, all right, a guy may talk to you on the internet. He might tell you he's <laughs> in the army. He might tell you being in the army is really cool, but you don't want to join the army. No, don't go to college. Aha, you have so many combat-ready years <laughs> left. <laughs> <laughs> So I looked into this guy, Major General Frank Muth. Now, our podcast is famous for heading over to LinkedIn, so I did just that. Um, it, it has, so it, it describes what service, he, you know, all his service in the military. He fought in Korea, he fought in Desert Storm. I just want to call you out because you wrote Desert Sto Storm. Desert? Like, yeah, okay, like I did dessert. do that. I did yeah. get owned here. In a few get years, there will be an Iraq-themed restaurant and there will be a Desert Storm. <laughs> <laughs> The green zone salad. <laughs> yeah. He also fought in Iraq in 2009. You know what this tells me? What's that? Uh, between 2006 and 2009, he was absolutely still in Iraq, but he was working for, like, you know, Black Eagle Rifle Company, fucking <laughs> private military corporation, just massacring <clears throat> civilians. So, Allegedly, in Minecraft. <laughs> so, also in his LinkedIn, he was a program manager for the Saudi Arabian National Guard. From, <laughs> from 2016 to 2018. He was a program manager for a $1.2 billion annual program, directing the training, advising, equipping, fleet maintenance, supply chain management, and foreign military sales of the Saudi National Guard, comprised of 120,000 soldiers, co uh, ground combat vehicles, and an aviation helicopter fleet. This, this guy, who has a shared passion for esports <laughs> this presumably 70 year old man that has a passion for esports <laughs> esports and wahhabism uh this yeah, is so cool so when he was in iraq in 2004 to 2006 he led an army organization consisting of organization i guess he was with the army maybe it's not organization sounds kind of yeah, but it says he ran an army organization consisting of 24 helicopters three and 300 soldiers with an annual budget of $200 million per year. At uh, Fort 
Bragg in North Carolina and in combat. I mean, Gotta say, that's really fucking confusing. Isn't Fort Bragg one of the ones named after, like, a Confederate general or something? Yeah, some Confederate <laughs> general who just, like, marched his entire platoon into a river because of <laughs> <laughs> base nationalism in our country and a desire to scare black people. We've decided that he gets a giant military base named after him. I gotta say, this guy did get his bag, though, because what we were talking about with the National Guard was 2016 to 2018 versus yeah. Fort Bragg, 2004 to 2006. In that decade, he uh, commanded an army of 119,700 larger. Although it yeah. is sort of weird and old European, isn't it? Like, we're sending our general <laughs> over to work in a different army. Yeah, yeah. Like, when the Prussians came here to train us against the British. Yeah, the Saudi <laughs> National Guard, too, which is presumably used to, like, suppress uprisings. Oh, yeah, that's... That's the point it, of the National Guard. Assuming the National Guard works like it does in this country, because I refuse to learn anything under any circumstance, uh, their primary job is to... Uh, Stop women who are driving alone, or, <laughs> I don't know, recapture lost slaves, you know, general Saudi Arabian economic uh, growth thing. World superpower, 2030. Oh, yeah. Uh, he also has a bachelor's in the arts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The bachelor's in the... That can mean a lot of things, to be fair, but I'd love to believe that he's, <laughs> he's really into sculpture. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you know, I've spent I've spent decades uh, trying to uh, crush any sort of uh, democracy in uh, any foreign country across the world, and I can also really appreciate a good Giacometti, you know? <laughs> exactly. Bombing Iraqi cities out of existence in exchange for making a building look like Guernica. <laughs> it's really fucking rough. So, uh, we're gonna get into this, uh, interview he did with Think Tank Hawaii a little bit. I'm not gonna do all of it verbatim, but, um, when they ask him why the military chooses esports for recruitment over, uh, you know, normal means, he says something along the lines of gamers are the perfect soldiers, uh, <laughs> In that they're racist and idiots and 13? Yeah, and they, probably. And they, and they have, uh, they have nothing to leave behind. Yeah, yeah exactly. So he gives an anecdote about a kid who went to college for esports, then he turned out he wasn't good enough to do that, so the kid then contacts the army, thinking he can just go straight into doing esports for them, and he is now a foot soldier at basic training. Yeah, that kid is pissed. <laughs> I know. But, but he's, this, the way that uh, this guy is talking about this kid, he's like, he's so proud what, of how he groomed this kid to just, you know, go out and die. It's so fucking funny, like, uh, he wasn't good enough for esports, so we gave him a drone controller, and now he bombs Syrian hospitals. <laughs> like, holy shit! Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, a lot of this shit is really beyond parody. Yeah, they don't tell, they don't tell any of these people they're gonna have to, like, exercise first. No, and like it said, he wasn't good enough. And then, like, sit in a hot shipping container in the Nevada desert and just, like, press buttons. They're like, you'll get to play your games eventually, son. <laughs> and like they said, he wasn't good enough. This is like when the Army and the Navy do those games against, like, fucking professional football or baseball teams. And they get fucking rocked because, you know, they're fucking not good at things. That's yeah. why they're in the Army. So... He goes on to explain that before 2018, the military was not allowed to recruit on social media, but after missing a recruitment quota by 6,500, that's not a lot, first of no. all. The online wing of recruiting now does most of the heavy lifting. Because, you know, you, you've you been to high school, you walk into high school, there's these fucking jarhead assholes sitting at a table like, hey, sign up to kill yourself. Or like coming up to bother you anymore. while you're eating lunch. Yeah, Community colleges on ad drop day. Like, yeah. Oh, you can't do calculus? Ah. How do you feel about the state of Israel? Would you give your life for it? <laughs> like, god damn it. So, a couple months ago, uh, AOC introduced a bill to ban the military from using Twitch as a recruiting tactic because the age range is, you know, from 10 to 19. Um, it was voted down in a landslide 292 to 126, of course, unanimous among Republicans and Libertarians, and 46% nay among Democrats. True bipartisan legislation. This is how we <laughs> bridge the divide. 
<laughs> that's that's the thing. It's tricky with libertarians because they're supposed to be anti-interventionists, but at the same time, the idea of like using a tech platform to like enslave people is like it gets them all hot and bothered. So, oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They had yeah, they, they had to go for this one. They can be pro the Iraq War, but not the military's involvement. Just the private military corporations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I'm sure. If you kept up on this at all, you will know that the military did actually stop doing it for a while. <laughs> they are back to doing it now. <laughs> but, but a lot of that was um, because um, if you went into the Twitch stream and brought up the fact that the United States military has committed war crimes at all, <laughs> you would just get immediately banned. That just implies <laughs> that some fucking first-level private somewhere's job in the military was to be a mod on this Twitch stream. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and just ban people named Fallujah Joe or something. <laughs> like, oh my god, that's excellent. You're Fallujah would, Joe now. Uh, that would be great, I should be Fallujah Joe. Uh... But when it did have to shut down, it was because a First Amendment lobbying slash attorney group called Knight First Amendment Institute. Okay, I will I will go on the record to say that sounds a little bit. But they filed a lawsuit against the military, stating that banning users for expressing political opinion is a violation of the First Amendment. Um, it was. They used a ruling that they had previously won in a suit versus uh, Donald Trump. Uh, it was a precedent that said that Trump couldn't block his critics on Twitter <laughs> because when the government runs a social media account, it has to strictly adhere to the First Amendment, which is pretty fucking funny. <laughs> I mean, that is funny. <laughs> um, Donald Trump, sir, you cannot kick me out of your menchies. <laughs> yeah, so they shut down the Twitch streaming for about a month. Uh, then the Knights of the First Republic or whatever won their suit <laughs> against the military. Uh, so everyone who was banned is now unbanned for the war crimes thing, but they're still doing the recruiting shit. So, but but so we can just join their stream and talk about Fallujah now? Uh, yeah, legally. Now, I don't know if they're going to uphold that. They are the military. They are famous for, you know, breaking the law, committing war crimes. <laughs> so, oh, dude, this is how Guns Akimbo happens. <laughs> You're in there, like, just talking shit on the military stream, and then you wake up with two pistols bolted to your hands in a Syrian black site. <laughs> you have to single-handedly kill fucking Baghdadi. So, we could hypothetically allegedly in minecraft go into the uh military's uh like 9-11 stream tomorrow and just be talking about the coup in chile in 1973 the whole time the real 9-11 yeah, you the mean? real 9-11 yeah or daniel johnston's death the other real 9-11 i guess if they can't ban you at all we could just spam links to our podcast <laughs> now that's clever that gets us on a watch list quicker than anything else Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> we'll be all Whatever, I'll die in a black site because I called Jared Kushner an Israeli or something. That's fine. <laughs> when we uh, when we get COINTELPRO'd and they pin all of Epstein's crimes on us and we just have to link arms and drink poison together, it will have all been worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was actually these three fucking guys. They were Jeffrey Epstein. I wouldn't drink cyanide. I would take a super cool spy suicide tooth. A tooth? Yeah, yeah, like you the know. the little capsule? Yeah, the, of, you know, of course the we have spies the spies that have the cyanide to teeth, and they take them out, and they bite them, and they die. It's really cool. I, th I think I would definitely opt to be shot, given that option. <laughs> well, we'd have to all shoot each other, because it's, <laughs> yeah. like, it's like they, 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 they pinned Epstein's crimes on us, so our, our names are slandered. I don't think that I would be able to shoot myself correctly, but I don't think you'd be able to shoot me correctly either. <laughs> we'd, uh, I don't know, we'd have to, like, have, like, a fake standoff beforehand, like, we're all pointing the guns at each other. <laughs> Very uh, good, the bad, and the ugly. We're all accusing each other of revisionism or something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly.
Not George W. Bush. Who's the one who made our country? George Washington. Uh, George W. Uh, cherry Tree, if you will. Yes, yes. You know, I've never even seen a cherry tree. No, I don't even you, think you, they're real. You think they would have put them everywhere after that story, but no, they built America really shitty. Yeah. Well, that bitch absolutely did not cut down a cherry tree. Uh, what even not. is that story? Cut down a tree? And he cut down a tree, and then he felt really bad about it, and someone asked him, and he lied, and then he was like, I'm not gonna, I, I, I gotta own up to this fucking tree thing, I'm sorry. But it's just like, what? why was he going around cutting down, like, blooming trees of fruit <laughs> yeah you're like, right he's just this little kid like starting shit with an axe like running around the neighborhood they're like oh george has got the axe like whose tree's gonna get it today and uh, yeah oh no george has the axe he's going to go cut down all the fruit trees that the slaves survive off of he's he's four he's already missing half of his teeth at that point Wait, did did he cut down the cherry tree or did Abraham Lincoln? Because wasn't Abraham Lincoln's whole thing too? He didn't lie. They're both of their things. That's the thing. They're both manufactured and they're the same story. Yeah. It's like so fucking dumb. The American mythology was created and it was created so poorly. That's the most impressive mm -hmm. like, part. Presidents don't lie. Exactly. What was his thing? Why doesn't he lie? Uh, I'm. Let's Google it. Why the fuck was Abe honest? You earn the reputation for honesty while working the circuit as a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, that makes... Yeah. <laughs> Notoriously honest lawyers and fucking British dandies who just got a shitload of people killed in the French and Indian War who went on to found our country for a bunch of tax cheats. Yeah, were lawyers ever successful back then? They would just, like, hang you just, like, because. They just had extra rope. Industrial hemp was still a thing, so they just had too much rope laying around, so they were just hanging everyone left Yo, and right. Loy Absolutely. Lawyers had no what use. the fuck? What did I just come into? <laughs> Abraham Lincoln had no reason to lie in court because it wouldn't have saved him anything. But it's just like, imagine applying that today. That's like calling Alan Dershowitz Honest Alan. Honest Alan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what did you come to? We talked about how presidents uh, suck. Oh, right. And are liars. I agree with that. <laughs> Yeah, so I think I think it started from a really really bad television show idea of mine that like by the way oh. it was prefaced with the idea that it's awful and I should probably die for having this thought but uh, it'll probably be cut and uh, you'll hear it in editing and you'll cringe a little bit and then it'll just be to the void how it should be. It's well, fine. I like this. I like this when Danny goes to get a drink and me and you just go on a weird tangent. <laughs> no, it's fun. It's fun to listen to it when I edit. <laughs> I'm just so fucking stupid. Like, wh why was Abe honest? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know, bro. Probably because he's gay. <laughs> yeah, Abraham Lincoln was gay. He told everyone. That's why he was honest. But then history had to be, you know what I mean? History was like, we can't let them know. Oh, yeah. Abraham Lincoln was actually gay. I forgot about that. Wait, what? Abraham Lincoln was, like, gay. He was, like, a gay guy. What? I mean, there are a lot of, like... I, think, I th get sued th by Abraham think Lincoln's estate. <laughs> think about think about it. Like, every, every guy before, like, 1940 was straight. You know, <laughs> like... That's just, that, that's the thing they say. It's statistically, like... Yeah, yeah, it's like, you know, there are no gay people in Russia, like Putin says. Alright, we went way the fuck left field. Let's return to a normal, moderate topic like Oliver North. Yes, yes. So, this week for the second half of the show, we're going to stick with the uh, gaming topic, the broad topic of Call of Duty and the military. Um, Actually, wait a second. You guys do know the fucking Abraham Lincoln gay thing, right? <laughs> Like, I'm sorry, no, we gotta go no. back to this for just I've one second. I've never heard that. I've never heard about that. No, that. dude, he wrote letters, and he wrote about, like, his, uh, whatever, some sort of boy he loved and would always hang out with and sleep with. Like, he didn't what? sleep with his wife. He, like, was gay. All right, all right, fine. That's, cool. That's the next episode. We'll do, the, we'll do that in the next episode. Abraham Lincoln, probably gay in the cool way, <laughs> not the derogatory way. Well, hey, The guess man what? had two first, beards, and I respect it. First gay president? And the abolition of slaves, both the Republicans. Hey, you look, you, scoreboard, you gotta, you gotta give it to him. <laughs> scoreboard, scoreboard. <laughs> and I mean, Barack Obama, by most measures, is also a Republican, so. That's true. Uh, Trump should have just gone in more with the I am the first black president thing. <laughs> he should just say that all the time. He should call Joe Biden a honky. Joe Biden's thing is he's the first black president. <laughs> I'm black, Jack. 
All right, all right. Let's let's do what our podcast is actually about instead of what I'm yelling about. <laughs> so, uh, last or not last week, but well, yes, yeah, last week in episode eight, we uh, mentioned the fact that Oliver North had a hand in um, Call of Duty Black Ops Two. Um, so we decided to uh, delve a little bit deeper into that uh, to piggyback off of the you know the insane military gaming shit. So. This article's titled, Call of Duty Creators Say Oliver North Helped Make Their Game More Authentic by Steven Totilo in Kotaku. Okay, Kotaku. I love how you pronounce that. It's like Kotaku. more racist than it's <laughs> now when you, even no, I thought possible. You guys have it all wrong. When, when you sever the head of a nun, the blood doesn't spurt as much as it pours. What? What the <laughs> fuck? That's, that's what, what was that? That's what, that's what Oliver North said to the, uh, the fucking, the people. <laughs> I don't know. I'll just that's assume that's thing. true because I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. No, dude, that was funny. The fucking Contras. The Contras were killing nuns. Oliver North was a part of all oh. that. And he said that? That's real? That's... No, no, no. That was like my attempt at a joke, and it just was unintelligible. <laughs> no, but it's like it is kind of funny. I just also believed he would say that. I mean, he. Yeah, no, I thought it was did. real. I thought it was a haiku by Oliver North. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, that'd be great. George Bush paints, but Oliver North. All of Oliver North's haikus are about the Contras. Yeah, Oliver North is a poet about the Contras. <laughs> <laughs> we all cope somehow, right? Poet laureate of uh, suppression of any people's movement. I have turned my back on mankind. <laughs> Fallujah war crimes. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Thank you. Nice. We're bringing it full circle to Wes Anderson. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so this article starts out, Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North is a polarizing figure in American history. And we found out earlier this month, an advisor on the next huge Call of Duty game, Black Ops 2. Let's um, preface this by saying, as usual, this article's about six years old, like everything we yeah, talk about. This article's ancient. Black Ops 3 and 4, and now some weird spinoff have since come out. North isn't your average video game consultant. He was one of the main actors in the Iran-Contra scandal that racked America in the 80s. North helped the U.S. government sell weapons to Iran with the intent to free hostages while transferring the money earned to back rebels in Nicaragua who were accused of human rights abuses. Now, with the intent to free hostages, I think that might be a bit of embellishment. That was always the thing, that are we trading weapons for hostages? It's like, no, no, we're not doing that. But it's like, yeah, we're doing that. And we're also doing this insane cocaine scheme where we're taking money from one group of people we don't like and giving it to a group of people we like to kill some yeah. communists to make yeah, sure it was we a, all have enough bananas. It was like, a lot more than just hostages exactly <laughs> that that was what was great about the fucking 80s that everything was like total coke guy businessman brain <laughs> call of duty cold war you might say cutting deals exactly like how they took 10 million from the sultan of brunei and then lost it because adam sent it to the wrong <laughs> swedish bank account oh yeah <laughs> and then they had to track it down to give it back yeah that, no they never got it back they didn't get it back <laughs> No! That's the entire point of these Swiss accounts! You can't get to them! No, no! <laughs> some some guy was just made $10 million richer. Exactly! Some pedophile on Epstein Island was like, Oh, joyous day! <laughs> like, <laughs> Goddamn, Matt Groening was given $10 million. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish... I I wish Larry David was on the flight logs. <laughs> I, I guess this was, uh, I guess this was actually pre, or like this was during the building of Epstein, I guess. So really it was like some pedophile, like stockbroker who had lost everything on Black Monday or something. Just his Swiss bank account went back up and he once again was like, oh, joyous day. Don Cheadle's character from Black Monday. No, Les Wexner. Wes <laughs> Wexner um, didn't trade stocks. He's always traded in, like you know, people, children, uh, child pornography, <laughs> yeah. primarily yeah. parody, parody, uh, allegedly. <clears throat> 
North testified to Congress about the affair in uh, widely televised hearings that marked one of the worst moments of the popular Reagan administration. Uh, he was later convicted on charges related to the shredding of documents relevant to the scandal, but his convictions were reversed on appeal. This is just a little bit of background on the man, the myth, the legend. But wait, to bring it full circle, like about the scant or being reversed on appeal, that's exactly what happened with the fucking Army esports thing. When people were yep. yelling at them, they disappeared, yep. and then just a month later, they were able to bring it back. <laughs> yeah. It's the same thing with Oliver North. It just took a couple more months because the news cycle wasn't literally 10 minutes long. Mm -hmm. There wasn't BuzzFeed. Exactly. So since then, he, re he rehabilitated his image, ran for a Senate, wrote books, and became a fixture on conservative news shows and a favorite of the Republican Party. <laughs> in early May, North appeared in a Black Ops 2 mini-documentary. In the documentary, he speculated about a dark future where America's most high-tech weapons are used against us. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> America's high-tech... It's... The, the worst thing in the world is when America's most high-tech weapons are used against us, not against everyone yeah. else. <laughs> exactly this imagines a dark future where another country has the sort of laissez-faire attitude about military intervention that america does yeah where they can afford to just attack people for very little provocation yeah so the author of this article uh interviews the head of the at the time the head of treyarch his name is mark lamia um while activision uh pr rep lieutenant colonel Hank Kiersey listens on, <laughs> who, who I will say also advised on Black Ops 2, and is for some reason a PR rep. <laughs> I don't get, I do not understand that, but, uh, so Kotaku asks, let's talk about Oliver North's involvement in the game and whether or not you knew what you were getting yourselves into. Uh, the Treyarch guy replies that, you know, they used him to advise them on how the military would have operated in these specific situations, considering he was, like, a massive black ops guy. It's like, oh, yeah, definitely. You definitely needed Oliver North to tell you how this worked. Come yeah, this is off. how we lost the Bay of Pigs invasion. Like... <laughs> <laughs> um, this is how we killed Olaf Palme. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the author of this article says, but he's a controversial figure. Some of our readers said explicitly that they consider him a traitor. And so this is when Lieutenant Colonel Hank Kiersey um, pipes up. He says, did they really? Yes. He says, I think it's because he's on Fox News, probably. Do they know what he really did? The man was involved in a crux of history. So then he pauses mid-sentence as he is waved off by another PR guy at, that tells him to fuck off and leave because he's saying this ridiculous shit he's he says oh he wants me out of there so then he leaves <laughs> this guy is like ratchek of ratchek's raiders from fucking starship yes! troopers yes he's a um, hero so the uh treyarch guy tries to come in and salvage himself and says you know there's no political intention they simply needed him to explain how it all worked and you know they're valid <laughs> they're valid we see you we hear yeah. you we yeah, did yeah. war crimes we're gonna do them again this game's <laughs> gonna sell them to you pretty fucking explicitly <laughs> um so kotaku asks if uh they knew what they were inviting just by you know the prospect of north's involvement uh they he basically maintains that he is just a historical figure who was there and was helpful to do uh development and kotaku eventually caves you know probably as to not make it sound preachy and awkward because he they were really pushing on it and the treyarch guy was sort of just like you know leave me alone <laughs> What? What do you mean? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. The other thing, though, um, what, what kind of what kind of fallback are they expecting by Oliver North? Because the people who buy those games mostly either don't know who the fuck he is or don't care. Yes. They like him. Like, the people who hate him probably yes. weren't going to buy the game to begin with. And that yes. phrasing is so funny that he's a traitor. It's like, he's not a traitor. This is what they believe in. Yeah, Pretty no, he's very loyal. Explicitly. He's actually very loyal. Why, why exactly. do they think he's a traitor? Because he testified? Like... <laughs> exactly <laughs> um so uh, getting to the end of this interview 
The author says, Lamia added an important distinction between the North Singer documentary, which had prompted our earlier North coverage and the game making Lamia and I had just discussed. He says, that's not a game development piece, Lamia said of the video. That's an advertising piece. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, this, this documentary they put out with Oliver North basically being like, yeah, Black Ops 2, awesome. I advised on it. Everything is very accurate. Uh, it's a, it was advertisement. You know? And then Oliver North gives a press conference where he's like explicitly like, yeah, this is what's going to happen. If you want to learn more, <laughs> buy Call of Duty Black Ops 2. It's, yeah. it's like, like when they're like nine out, of incredible. Top, 9 out of 10 doctors recommend this fucking toothpaste. <laughs> exactly. Um, <clears throat> so what I found interesting about this, because, you know, famously Oliver North was involved in Black Ops 2. The... It, and specifically, the high-tech weapons shit, and, you know, the uh, how it portrays that, and how we would be affected by it, and things like this. But looking more into this, I found a, uh, another article from 2014 in a website called News for a Change by this guy Luke Rudkowski. It's titled, Call of Duty Creator Advising Pentagon. <laughs> <laughs> If only we had, uh, if only we had Activision during Bay of Pigs, it would have went swimmingly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I actually, no uh, I actually tried replaying that uh, mission on the Wii yesterday as kind of a recon for this episode, <laughs> and I didn't get very yeah. far. Uh, one, because it's really hard to play on the Wii. But uh, <laughs> anyway, the cutscene that starts it, you're in a Cuban bar and some Cuban police officers come in, speak in Spanish. And like, I don't speak Spanish, but then they right. yell capitalista and just throw a woman <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> in reality, they say, hey, you own slaves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so this is this this shit is kind of fucking insane. A Washington think tank has hired the maker of the acclaimed Call of Duty game to envision the kind of future wars the U.S. could be fighting. <laughs> the key reason for this, according to the Atlantic Council think tank, is that with all its money and capabilities, America really isn't thinking creatively about the various threats it could face in the 21st century. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I know. I, <laughs> the, the kind of wars the U.S. could be fighting. Lieutenant Frank Muth's uh, arts bachelor's degree is really uh, coming full circle here. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> um, so, <clears throat> Dave Anthony, the creator of the billion-dollar Call of Duty franchise, will be joining authors, screenwriters, and other entertainment figures in an initiative called The Art of Future War Project. Holy shit! <laughs> I know! So what, is the guy from fucking Gears of War warning us about chainsaw bayonets? Like, what the fuck is this? The art of future war? This is a think tank. They're just dictating how the next war is going to play out to the government. It's insane. It is, it's, it's like, it's Koch Brothers shit without all the, without everything that's trying to be like, oh, this isn't bad. This is normal. Everyone, everyone Jesus. just gets to, like, bring their biases to the table. Yeah. <laughs> So this is, uh, this is really the most insane part, I think. According to Anthony, the game itself was the result of brainstorming by a number of creative professionals of all sorts, including Batman screenwriter David Goyer, as well as Oliver North. You get everybody in a room like that, and all the different perspectives come together, Goyer said. That combination was fascinating. What I would like to bring to Washington is that kind of thinking. The kind of thinking where we're giving troops batarangs and making them invade Russia? I, that, like, that is so fucking incredible. I don't know how to... Obviously, delusions of grandeur. But it's like, it, this is the boys. This is Watchmen. I mean... It is. It is. Oh, my God. They're advertising Blade Runner. The guy who did Blade Runner is one of the fucking <laughs> people advising. <laughs> he believes that U.S. military thinking is somewhat stale and that it streamlines when it comes to making brave and risky decisions. And that's one th other thing he hopes to combat. The way I like to think about it is, the next attack has already happened. Somebody has already thought of it. How do you look at all the ideas that are out there? What the fuck is this? <laughs> all right. All this intelligence capability that we have to kind of, like, figure out if there's ever going to be an attack on us again. Which, like, in current stage, there probably won't be. But uh, they, they have that. They're like, no, we need to ask 
the fiction writers. What do they think is going to happen? <laughs> yeah, what's your theoretical next attack? It's a writer's workshop for, like, genocide. <laughs> right? They're, like, workshopping the Boston Marathon bombing before the government allows it to happen. Like, holy shit! They're like, it's what if they were Chechen? One of them, like, points <laughs> with their pencil. This is when it gets really, like, strange lovian and just... The problem is, the next attack is very unlikely to be the same as the previous attack, Anthony said. Again, this is the CEO of Activision. <laughs> Adding that even today's Islamic State campaign by the Obama administration is ill-equipped to predict how the Islamist terrorists will strike back. I think this is going to be the next 9-11, he said. Think what is going to be the next 9-11, dude? Black Ops 2? Next 9-11 in that, the, it's going to be the next time a group of people we gave guns is able to attack yes! us. Yes! Oh god, it is fucking crazy. <laughs> that is insane. I love calling things the next 9-11. That's what fucking Designated Survivor kept doing. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. And it's like it's like, you know, this is genuinely actually the state of our of the Pentagon and the State Department. I mean, they got the writers from Designated Survivor in the room, but then when they pitched their idea, <laughs> they were like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa. That's a little too far." And like kicked him out. They got Alan Moore in the room and they're having him turn Baron Trump into Dr. Manhattan. They're 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 the designated survivor guys are like the Chuck Palniuk of the workshop. Uh he's just like grossing everyone out and like making them uncomfortable. Absolutely. I, I, hey, maybe that guy should be listened to a little bit more. President Carson. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there, there's really not much to say about this other than, you know, uh, the the generals are all General Ripper. Exactly, exactly. That is the primary mistake of Designated Survivor, actually, that every single character <laughs> should be trying to overthrow the government. Yeah, they're actually, Designated Survivors should have had a character that is the CEO of some video game company advising him on the yeah, war. Yeah, he's in the NORAD <laughs> room with them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's wearing, like, a sweater vest and going around on a little Segway. He's just this little fucking Silicon Valley douchebag. <laughs> like, oh my. And the generals are talking about bombing Iran, and he's like, no, 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 no. That doesn't make for very good content. Yeah, exactly. Iran's not colorful enough. We're going back to the Balkans. <laughs> This time we're pro Serbia. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah. So that's that's about all we have for that that shit. You know. Yeah. I don't the know. Uh, the military's insane. Yeah. Yeah. In closing, the military's insane. They fucking hired Oliver North to advise on Call of Duty, and then the Pentagon hires Call of Duty to advise on <laughs> war. <laughs> They're just like, damn, this guy got a lot right, and they're just—they figured out another way to hire Oliver North. Now he's getting two paychecks. That's all this means. Like, god damn it, the art of future war project will be coming back to them. I'm sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's—it's it's six years old at this point. Let's—we—we we should do an update. Um, should do an update episode. Oh, we will. Oliver North is—if he hasn't been on the Joe Rogan fucking podcast he probably will soon that'd be great him smoking dmt just like saying that he can hear the ghosts of all the people he had murdered <laughs> yeah. um so we've talked a lot about the troops this episode um mostly disparagingly so we're gonna round our episode out with by validating it with the president yes yes now if you haven't heard about this in the last week i you don't have twitter there's no there's really nothing else to say there dude you don't have internet you're not on tv i don't even know you're living a perfect life right now you watch nothing but the peaky blinders or something yeah no they were on tumblr but switched to like deviant art instead of twitter when it uh got uh whatever <laughs> yeah happened. tumblr wasn't uh pedophilic enough so they switched to deviant art so they could just you know uh i have no follow-up deviant arts for pedophiles <laughs> Feel bad, artists. DeviantArt is for people who are like, Radita, the Pokemon, is really sexy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I want to fuck Muck. <laughs> 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 alright, alright, let's talk about this thing. <laughs> so, we got Jeffrey Goldberg in The Atlantic. Trump, Americans who died in war are losers and suckers. <laughs> <laughs> I love Thank it. Thank you, Trump's Mr. Right. President. I love it when he's right. Right? Um... So, it starts out here. When President Donald Trump canceled a visit to the Ein Marne American Cemetery near Paris in 2018, 
He blamed the rain for the last-minute decision, saying that, quote, the helicopter couldn't fly and that the Secret Service wouldn't drive him there. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, a huge amount of our Air Force doesn't work in the rain because we are... <laughs> no, that's, that's what I was going to say. That's probably true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Secret Service was, like, striking. Okay, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... Trump rejected the idea of the visit because his, he feared his hair would become disheveled in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> cool. That is classic Trump shit. Exactly. Um, he should start wearing hats. I do believe it, and I do respect it, because I would be thinking the same thing. <laughs> um, yeah, my hair turns a mess in the rain. <laughs> in a conversation with senior staff members on the morning of the scheduled visit, Trump said, Why should I go to the cemetery? It's filled with losers. <laughs> <laughs> In a separate conversation on the same trip, Trump referred to the more than 1,800 Marines who had lost their lives at Bellawood as suckers for getting killed. <laughs> it's, this is the stuff that makes liberals the angriest and makes me the happiest about Donald Trump. <laughs> I know. Um, but for a little context as to what this, what this even, you know, what cemetery this is, uh, it's, Bellawood is the site of an allied victory against, uh, you know, a Kaiser advance on Paris in 1918. Um, Trump, on the same trip, asked aides, who were the good guys in this war? <laughs> Which is an excellent question! Yeah, there were no good guys in World War One. That's the point of World War One. <laughs> he also said that he didn't understand why the United States would intervene on the side of the Allies. <laughs> there's no reason we did it for no reason i we love thought that british trade was more important than german trade so we made the tactical decision to attack germany but also tr trump's all of trump's knowledge on world war one is completely reflective of of what you're taught about world war one in public school which is to say literally nothing, nothing at all <laughs> it happened before world war ii exactly that's about all you get and germany was there and they were up to something but it's like they can't talk about it any more than that because it becomes so clearly we fought for no reason everyone fought for no reason who cares about serbian independence except me as a joke like <laughs> if uh if QAnon is right and baron is a time traveler they have to figure <laughs> out how to get trump back to world war one time so he can be president <laughs> Yeah, so we can have, you know, a more more rounded knowledge of the situation. <laughs> so Jeff goes on to, you know, bitch and moan about how Trump treated John McCain. You know, quote, he's not a war hero, and I like people who weren't captured. <laughs> and he's fucking right. He's yeah, also he's, right about he's that. He's still right about this. <laughs> like, when Trump owns the Republicans, he's always so fucking... He's accurate when he owns the Dems, too, most of the time. But when he's owning the Republicans, it's just like, you know... Jeb Bush, what a fucking loser. And he's correct! <laughs> Jeb Bush spent fucking $3 million per electoral vote, the most expensive presidential campaign in history by per vote. <laughs> yeah, here's another here's another uh, interesting thing that Trump chose to be right about. I don't know I don't know if you guys uh, heard about this the other day. Uh, this, this guy tweeted, Ryan Brown, in an unprecedented public attack by a sitting U.S. president on the leadership of the U.S. military, President Trump has accused U.S. military leaders of seeking to start wars to boost the profits of defense contractors. Mm. That's so... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's... that's yeah! That's how it yes! works! I can't, that's something unthinkable that a president would say that. But it's like, you know, he doesn't have a, a functioning brain. So he just looks at things happening, maybe sponges up some shit in a meeting with the generals, and he's like, okay, this makes sense. I think, like, Eisenhower said the same thing. Like, he warned about it, like, yeah, either but, before or after he was uh, overthrowing our Benz in Guatemala. Yeah. But, uh... Exactly. Yeah, he said that shit, and Trump doesn't know he said that, and most of the people whining about Trump saying this don't know that Eisenhower said that. Yes. But here's his quote. Here's his quote on the matter. I'm not saying the military is in love with me. The soldiers are. The people in the Pentagon probably aren't, because they want to do nothing but fight wars, said all of those wonderful companies that make the bombs and make the planes and make everyone else stay happy. <laughs> he's right that's so, how the economy works that's what yes. the military industrial complex is granted he's been a great friend to the military industrial complex yes so like, he kind of he like sort of does kind of say that they're only starting wars to boost the profits of defense contractors of course not in those words at all he, he probably didn't mean to say that you know he calls them wonderful <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Lockheed and Mr. Raytheon were very, very nice to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Trump's learning how to code. 
<laughs> so um this jeff jeff goldberg article very long i chose the this paragraph as the ending because it really doesn't uh, the rest of it's really boring on memorial day 2017 trump went to arlington national cemetery with john kelly to pay respects to his dead soldier son who died when he was 29 According to sources with knowledge of this visit, Trump, while standing by Robert Kelly's grave, turned directly to his father and said, I don't get it. What was in it for them? (laughs) (laughs) Kelly gave him the benefit of the doubt and thought he was referring to, quote, the selflessness of America's all-volunteer force. I mean, Jesus Christ, it's had some mental fucking gymnastics. Yeah, that's awesome. But later, he came to realize that Trump simply does not understand non-transactional life choices. <laughs> it's like, neither does John Kelly. He sent yeah. his son to die because he thought he might become president. Business insider, exactly. drone manufacturers, and companies to watch and invest in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The selflessness of America's all-volunteer force. Like when yeah. you called John McCain a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean the moral of this story is the military is extremely fucking stupid they're just it's just a bunch of really stupid people the leadership down to the grunts and trump knows that and everyone fucking knows that that's the thing when they talk about respect of the military and american culture it's not like oh my god i'm so proud of the things they're doing and they're fighting for what's right it's like, well, they're going over there and they're dying for no reason. It's pity for the military. That's what people actually feel. Yeah. More yeah. than anything. Absolutely. Wow. That was kind of dark, actually. Trump's going to have McCain exhumed just to piss his family off or something. <laughs> That'd be cool. He just stuffs John McCain and he just, like, places him around the White House in compromising positions. <laughs> what if he just starts, like, exhuming a lot of people? Like, he has JFK exhumed. He just, like, that's his last thing as president is he just, like, exhumes <laughs> a bunch of people. <laughs> I don't know. That'd be cooler than anything any other president's done recently. At least he would have switched it up. He, he, Joe, B- Joe Biden gets elected, but his first thing he has to figure out is, like, reburying, like, all these historical figures Trump had dug up, like, on his last days in office. George Washington's skull. I use George Washington's skull as a mouse pad. It's tremendous. <laughs> so flat. He's a very flat man. Has Trump commented on his fucking Hall of Presidents figure in Disney before? Has he, like, gone to see it or anything? Oh, my God. I forgot about that. I feel like I feel like he'd probably dig that. The one oh, where they sure just the one where they just clearly ordered Hillary Clinton and then had to change it last minute with like a wig. Yeah. <laughs> they basically have the same body type. You don't really have I to know. change very much. <laughs> Trump's tits maybe sag a bit more. But, uh, hey, hey, wait! Let's get some uh, let's get some news of the day to close on, boys. Norwegian okay. parliamentarian nominates Donald Trump for 2021 Nobel Peace Prize. Whoa! Respect. <laughs> <laughs> Alongside popular figures such as uh, 2019 recipient Slobodan Milosevic and uh... <laughs> don't forget Bob Dylan. Donald Trump pulls a Bob Dylan at his Nobel speech. Uh, Nobel speech. <laughs> Slodobon Milosevic did not get the Nobel Peace Prize. No, but Barack Obama did, and that's even crazier. And he probably, and he probably killed about as many people. Milosevic, Hitler, Obama, in that order, with numbers dead. Like, the idea that a U.S. president could qualify for a Peace Prize is just a fucking joke. It's so awesome. And frankly, Trump qualifies more for it than Obama does. What the fuck did Obama do? Obama declared more war. Trump's been too disorganized to declare war. They're 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 doing it based off of countries not droned instead of countries droned. Yeah, I actually like, support this. Right. Who the fuck else are they going to give it to? Like Mark Zuckerberg or something? Like that shit sucks. Uh, Billie Eilish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is there anyone else you'd rather have it? Give it to him. It'd be hilarious. Uh, Clifford the Big Red Dog. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oliver North, Henry Kissinger. <laughs> Oliver North for uh, advising the greatest game ever created. Exactly. <laughs> no, they give the Nobel Peace Prize to the fucking CEO of Activision. <laughs> for, for, for achievements in, in music and arts or something. <clears throat> yes, exactly. I say exhume Reagan and give him the Peace Prize. Exhume Reagan and give him the Peace Prize. Um, Exhume him, make him into a public toilet. (laughs) (laughs) We do the thing with Reagan that they did with uh, Lenin. 
in Russia. Yeah. Instead of blood, it's Coca-Cola pumping through his veins. <laughs> there we go. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Uh, now we're not ending on, like, a dark, dismal <laughs> outlook. We're ending on the great opportunity that our president has to win a Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah. Proud. Um, I'm proud to be an American. All he's got to do is make the Reagan toilet. It's the fucking... For the closing song, we should do uh, We Love Our Cops, Baked Alaska. <laughs> right? We love our cops, <laughs> our <laughs> law enforcement. <laughs> we agree. love our military, they're important. I agree, I agree. Perfect, perfect. Uh, I guess you guys want to get off of here? You want to come by and watch Showgirls or something? Yes, yes. Yes, uh, further Verhoeven references on the next podcast. Uh, yeah, signing ready, off, folks. I've been Joe. I'm Danny. And I'm Matt. You can follow us on Twitter at BoomerDeathPod. We have been Boomer Death Squad. Uh, tell your friends. Thanks. See ya. Toodaloo. Bye-bye.